SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The third hour of the morning after on this first day of the work week, a Monday morning on TMA right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for SportsGrid radio on Sirius XM. And all across the SportsGrid network, I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Yes, it is a third and final hour of this Monday morning. And yes, sure, it is a Monday, but it's happy hour. It's always happy hour once we get into our third hour of any weekday edition of TMA. And right now, heading into the holidays, come on. The spirits are high. We're feeling festive. We got college football bowl season. You have a football game at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time where you get to look at the beaches down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We have two NFL games tonight that we will break down thoroughly and look at some of the prop perspective with FanDuel's Tom Vecchio coming up a little bit later. Our sportsbook conciliary, Dave Sherapan, looks back on a weekend and a Sunday slate in the NFL where underdogs were very profitable and Dr. David Chow joins us up here next to look at some of the injury concerns around the league, the COVID protocols that you need to know entering this new week and the rest of the regular season across the National Football League and provides that injury analysis as only Dr. Chow can. So yes, a very, very happy hour here in the third hour of the morning after. And to begin this third hour, it's our West Coast wake up. We welcome in our West Coast audience and there are two games tonight on Monday in the National Football League. There are also two games tomorrow on a Tuesday to round out week number 15. COVID concerns this past week all across the league moved the schedule around, put it in flux, but now it has been straightened out. So we had the Raiders and the Browns rescheduled till today, part of a doubleheader on Monday. And then tomorrow we have two games on a Tuesday as well with some postponements that will be played. The Washington football team in Philadelphia in the city of brotherly love the eagles taking on wft and on the west coast the los angeles rams taking on the seattle seahawks so as we look at that game here between the rams and the seahawks in an nfc west showdown on this monday morning as a part of our west coast wake up the rams now a seven point favorite on the FanDuel sportsbook against the seattle seahawks the over under total 45 and a half as you look at the spread as you look at this total we have seen some movement both ways here now the line opened up at seven points in la's favor the rams were one of the first teams last week that had some of the initial COVID concerns they were the first team to go into the enhanced protocol shutting down their training facility the line moved all the way down to just four in la's favor now back up to that opening number of a touchdown for the rams at home inside sofi stadium tomorrow night the over under total 45 and a half it opened at 47 in a hook now down by two points if it remains there at 45 and a half that would be the lowest total of the entire year for the los angeles rams who have played seven of their 13 games to and over the seahawks have done something interesting here as of late they have played two straight games to and over that was after only playing one single game to and over back in week number two of this nfl season prior to this two game over streak seattle is currently on so a huge game in the nfc west we'll look at some of the trends of this game between the rams and the seahawks now the rams won last week against the cardinals on monday night also with some COVID concerns no jalen ramsey odell beckham jr then got placed on the COVID 19 list daryl henderson jr was not in that game all three guys at least based on reports right now have been elevated 
off that COVID-19 list and should be available for tomorrow night's game against Seattle. But the Rams now as a favorite, 4-7 and seven ATS this year. Not a great against the spread mark as a favorite in these NFL games so far this season. As we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here to the third and final hour of the morning after on this Monday. I am Ben Stevens and you are listening on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. This is our West Coast Wake Up, and we are breaking down the Rams and the Seahawks tomorrow night on a Tuesday to help us round out week number 15 in the NFL. The Rams, a seven-point favorite right now, the over-under total, 45.5. So as a favorite this year, Los Angeles just 4-7 and seven against the number, but 3-3 three and three ATS at home. The Seahawks, meanwhile, have covered in two straight, two straight games that have also hit and over, but in the 10 starts that Russell Wilson has made this year for Seattle, the Seahawks still just four and six against the spread. They've been a dog six times this year, though, four and two against the number, winning outright in two of those four covers. Now back to a touchdown in LA's favor. This is an NFC West divisional matchup, and I want to highlight the NFC West here because of some of what we saw earlier this week. In fact, yesterday on the Sunday slate in the NFL, Arizona going on the road as a 12 and a half point favorite and away from home. The Cardinals have been so, so good this year entered yesterday in Detroit, perfect seven and zero straight up seven and zero against the spread. And they lose outright as a 12 and a half point favorite to the lions in Detroit. So now when you look at the NFC West divisional market, the Arizona Cardinals are still the odds on favorites at minus 210. But the margin there with the LA Rams is a lot shorter now than it was even earlier this week. The Rams are plus 175. Two weeks ago, the Cardinals were minus 1250, entering Monday night football this past week against the Rams. Even after that loss on Monday night at home in the desert, in which the Rams emerged victorious as a three, three and a half point underdog, the Cardinals were still a heavy odds on favorite at minus 750 in the Rams we're at plus 550. Now look at that margin. It is so much shorter. And if the Rams can knock off the Seahawks in another divisional test, that's going to be even shorter where the Cardinals might still be a slight odds on favorite, but that number is going to be very, very close. Also keep an eye on the Niners. 14 to 1 to win the NFC Conference Championship. Niners are playing some good football. They won three straight games. On the other side of the break, we break down things in the NFL from an injury perspective. The analysis and expertise you need to know from pro football doc, Dr. David Chow. Stay with us on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm Ben Stevens. Now very pleased to welcome on the pro football doc himself, Dr. David Chow, on this Monday morning. Each and every Monday morning, we look back on the NFL weekend that was, some of the biggest injuries, and Dr. Chow provides that analysis for how things look moving forward and how might it affect the betting line. So, Dr. Chow, thank you again for joining us on this Monday morning. Hope you had a very nice weekend. Oh, thanks for having me. Always fun to chat with you. So, Dr. Chow, obviously the biggest story in the NFL most of the past week has been the COVID concerns around the league. And we have some updated COVID protocols that are getting put in place for all 32 NFL organizations 
on this Monday morning. What was your main takeaway from those new COVID protocols that are about to be rolled out across the league? The main takeaway is the uh, huge spike on Monday last week is not going to happen. That happened because of mandatory league-wide testing every Monday for everyone. Shocker, you pick up 37. But then the next day when there was like 35, 87% of those were on the teams with enhanced protocols that Mm -hmm. got into daily testing. And that's how the Browns got into trouble and the Rams and the Washington football team, et cetera. Uh, That should be a muted spike today. So, I mean, I guess in some ways that's uh, good news. And uh, uh, for the second time this season, the NFL also changed the return testing protocols, how you test out, have uh, loosened them. So, uh, you know, they're making changes on the fly. As they have to in this ever-evolving situation. After the conclusion of this week, only three more weeks left in the regular season. Yesterday, Dr. Charles. I found it interesting, Ben, that if you look, look at all the pro sports leagues around the country, the NFL has gone the direction of less testing, talking about asymptomatic playing going different direction. Meanwhile, the other leagues are going the other way. You know, uh, the NHL, you're not going across the border, and there's more testing, NBA. It's interesting how different leagues are handling things. It is very interesting to see the comparison. Oftentimes, for me, Dr. Chow, as I look at the ever-evolving COVID situation really across the country, I take a lot of my knowledge from the protocols put in place in the health and safety protocols across all of professional sports. So we'll see how this situation continues to change, continues to update the NFL toward the tail end of their season. Of course, the NBA and NHL still in the early portion of their campaign. So yesterday, Dr. Chow, we saw Tyler Huntley step up in a big way for the Baltimore Ravens, filling in for Lamar Jackson, who missed his first career start due to injury. He's missed a couple of starts due to illness before, but his first career start due to injury. What do you think the timeline looks like for Lamar Jackson returning to the field, and how effective can he be on that bum ankle right now? Well, I think one of the biggest pieces of news to come out yesterday morning was Adam Schefter said that Lamar Jackson does not have an ankle sprain he has a bone bruise in his ankle. And that actually explains why he did not practice at all. You don't practice and work your way through a bone bruise. You just rest it. You can practice and work your way through an ankle sprain. So that explains that. But that also means that you just still have to wait for the bone bruise to heal. And I think more likely than not, it's Tyler Huntley again this week. Even though John Harbaugh came out and said, yeah, I think Lamar Jackson is fine. But we all know Coach Speak. We all know hiding behind hell, and this is not a shot at John Harbaugh. A lot of coaches, almost all coaches, do it to some degree. Uh, I think right now you can count on another week of Tyler Huntley. Obviously, he made it easier by his performance. Right. Absolutely. So in a huge AFC North matchup in Cincinnati on Sunday between the Bengals and the Ravens, right now Cincy the top spot in that division in a two-and-a-half-point home favorite against Baltimore. Cincinnati already beat Baltimore in their first meeting this year. So that will be a line to pay attention to if Lamar Jackson might be able to go or if we can rely on the gamer that was Tyler Huntley yesterday in a great performance against the Packers. Dr. Chow, we also got some news this morning from NFL Network's in Rappaport that Chris Godwin, the talented receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, entered this week with the second most receptions in all of the NFL. 
is set to miss the remainder of the regular season due to that nasty hit he took last night and the knee injury he suffered. You were talking about this last night as you were watching Sunday Night Football. How do you think things look from an injury perspective now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on that offensive side of the football? Well, at Sports Injury Central, the new website that houses profootballdoc.com, sixscore, S-I-C-score.com, we said last night that Godwin, Evans, and Fournette were more likely to miss all three, miss the rest of the regular season than return next week in week 16. So obviously with Godwin, that's the case. We'll have to see the severity of the hamstrings yet, but uh, there's, there's more, quote, there's another shoe to drop here, right? Or two more, so to speak, uh, on the Tampa Bay Bucks, And that's probably why they said, yeah, Antonio Brown, will come on down. <laughs> yeah, certainly so, because they will need some help in that wide receiver room. From what you saw last night, Dr. Chow, on that hit on Chris Godwin during Sunday Night Football, do you think there's a chance he could return for the Bucks postseason push? I don't think he's returning for the push to the postseason, but he certainly can return for the push during the postseason. The question is, for that bye week game or the conference game or at what point in time, Will he be his dynamic self? That's what's up in the air right now. Too early to tell this far this far away. So we will have to see if Chris Godwin can be back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another team that should be in the AFC postseason, also with some wide receiver concerns right now, the Tennessee Titans, whose offense has looked very stagnant the last four weeks or so. A.J. Brown still on IR. Julio Jones a little bit banged up yesterday, Dr. Chow. What do you make of the situation in Tennessee? Well, for Julio Jones, it's his hamstring again. I literally took his my October tweet about his hamstring where he didn't finish a game, and I made it an evergreen tweet, just retweeted it. I mean, it, the guys had no luck whatsoever. A.J. Brown is the guy that still is a mystery to me. If you go back and look at the play, he's a big receiver. He took a hard shot on kind of his right arm, right torso as he went out of bounds. What I would almost call a routine football play. And he's now missed all this time with a chest injury. So I honestly don't know what the injury is. So if you don't know what the injury is, it's hard to know when he's going to make it back. Dr. Chow, so many COVID concerns for the two games that we have tonight between the Cleveland Browns and the Las Vegas Raiders, the Vikings and the Bears as well. From a field view perspective, who is the healthier side between the Raiders and the Browns entering tonight, just from an injury standpoint, if you can even put your finger on it? Well, the Raiders and the Browns, I mean, at this point of the season, a lot of field views look like Christmas. Tis the season, right? A lot of red mixed in with the green and whatever. Uh, for a while there, it got a little bit better. You can go to sixscore.com, S-I-C-score.com to see them. But the, the Browns look like more Valentine's Day Massacre you know, on both sides of the ball, but, you know, more red than green altogether, but they got a little bit better, but clearly no surprise. Nick Mullins, the starter, the Raiders are the healthier side there. And then, and the lines have flipped to uh, reflect that a little bit. Um, the, uh, in the other game, a key notable thing is that for the Bears defense, not only no Khalil Mack, but all four secondary starters for the Bears are out this game against Kirk Cousins. Of course, no Adam Thielen, but all four secondary starters out. 
a great note and maybe why that line has worked in Minnesota's favor. An opener of three and a half, now to six and a half. The lines have been moving like crazy. If you want an updated feel for those lines and what the injury reports might look like, sixscore.com, S-I-C-score.com, where Dr. David Chow breaks it down from a field view perspective. Very, very important to know. Dr. Chow, as always, thank you very much for your injury insight on this Monday. Thank you. We will talk to Dr. David Chow coming up next week, how it looks for the rest of the regular season in the NFL. And of course, the postseason push to the playoffs for some of these healthier teams. Might they be on the better side of things entering the postseason? Tom Vecchio and his prop perspectives up next year on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, channel 159, all across the SportsGrid network. I am Ben Stevens, and now we are joined by Tom Becchio from FanDuel. With this many games on a Monday in the NFL, we need the prop perspective from Tom as we approach a Monday night doubleheader in the National Football League. No props out for the Myrtle Beach Bowl, or I would ask Tom about that as well. But first and foremost, Tom Becchio, thank you for joining us once again on this Monday. Thanks for having me. Uh, We got two NFL games shaping up to be good ones. I am unfortunately out of my most important fantasy playoffs even before the next four games happen. Uh, So I'm ready to attack this from a betting perspective. I like that, Tom. I like the enthusiasm and the silver lining positive approach you are taking to this Monday night football doubleheader. So let's start with the first game up this afternoon into the early evening. The Las Vegas Raiders against the Cleveland Browns. I said this earlier, Tom, from an overall perspective, if you want to get a sense of who might be on the field for the Browns today, look at the prop market, because if they're listed, they're probably playing. If not, that means there's a lot of uncertainty. So how do you approach a game when you're not exactly sure who's even going to be lined up out on the field to possibly cash in the prop market? That's always a good question. Uh, It would come down, obviously, to the injury report once uh, the official inactives are reported, you know, about an hour and a half or so before the game. Uh, We obviously know who's not going to be playing, at least for now. We should not be seeing Landry out there. We should not be seeing Austin Hooper out there. So looking to some of the secondary receivers for the Browns, I think, would be interesting. Obviously, with Nick Mullins, uh, I looked up some of his career stats. This is a quarterback that has... Uh, like a ten, uh, 7.85 or 7.8 yards per attempt over his career, like really not that far down the field. They should be relying on the running game, not a surprise for the Browns. But when they do go to passing, trying to find some receivers that have lower A dots, because if we're not going to be pushing the ball down the field, it's probably going to be someone underneath. So once those props get posted, looking to maybe a David Njoku, uh, if Demetri Felton has props posted, I'll look to him, one of their backup running backs, who can catch passes out of the backfield. Like some of those secondary players could come into play tonight. I do think we have a better sense of who will be available for the Las Vegas Raiders tonight. So when you look in the prop market there, what catches your eye the most, Tom? That would be the plus money with Hunter Renfro over six and a half receptions sitting at plus 124. He has eight targets or more in six of his last seven games. He has seven receptions or more in all six of those games. The Browns are simply just not healthy right now. They called up four players from the practice squad, two uh, quarterbacks, two safeties this morning. So they are 
we know this. Like, I mean, this is why the game got moved. Like, they are not healthy on offense or defense. And with Renfro leading the team in targets, uh, with Waller missing for the Raiders, obviously everything lines up for the plus money on Hunter Renfro to be just a great spot. We're not going to see, like, a massive game from Derek Carr, but seven receptions for, like, 85 yards from Renfro, kind of doing his Julian Edelman type thing, I think is the spot that we should be looking tonight. I absolutely love it. I can't believe it is plus money. It's one of my favorite bets of the day. As Tom mentioned, at least seven grabs and six of the last seven for the Raiders, averaging eight and a half receptions in those six games and coming off a week where Hunter Renfro had 13 catches on 14 targets for 117 yards against the Kansas City Chiefs. He has had at least 100 yards receiving in three straight for Las Vegas. His receiving yards prop tonight, 77 in a hook. I absolutely love Hunter Renfro in this offense for a Raiders team that throws the ball the third highest passing play percentage in all of the NFL. So that is the first game up, Tom Vecchio. The second game up, the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. Both teams had some COVID issues earlier in this week. They were both scheduled originally to play on this Monday night. The Vikings now a six and a half point favorite from an overall game perspective. How do you think this game plays out tonight in Chicago? Uh, well, it's the Vikings, so I assume it's just going to come down to a one-possession game with the final two yep. minutes left in the fourth quarter, something along those lines. Uh, that would potentially lead me towards uh, taking the Bears uh, with the points or the Bears on the money line just because uh, the Vikings are wildly inconsistent. Uh, like I said, both teams are pretty healthy to begin with, so I think things should be pretty straightforward for this game. Uh, I don't have like a super strong take when it comes to the over-under. I would rather stick with the prop market. Yeah, absolutely. So the Vikings enter this week 15, eight of their 13 games hitting to the overtime for the most entering week 15. Chicago has played a lot of under so far this year. Neither team great in either of these spots, Tom. The Vikings just two and four ATS as a favorite this year. The Bears have the worst ATS record as an underdog in the NFL this season, just two and eight against the numbers. So we don't focus on side or total. We focus on the props with Tom Vecchio. Where do you think the best prop is for the second game on Monday night? That lies with Kirk Cousins over 32 and a half passing attempts, sitting at minus 114. We look to his numbers overall for this year, 32, 32 passing attempts or more in 11 of his 13 games and 33 or more in nine of the 13 games. Despite having a strong running back with Dalvin Cook, this is nothing against him. We see the Vikings passing the ball a lot this year. And if they're getting into these wild close games uh, especially at the end of the game and if they're going to be trailing by some chance we're going to see them passing the ball more so just with the consistency and the volume that Kirk Cousins has the 32 over 32 and a half is a spot that I, I already took this morning uh hoping it doesn't move too much more I'd be willing to go back on if it if it happens to drop down later in the day I might also look to an over for a rushing yards prop for one of the quarterbacks in Justin Fields, 40 and a half. He has gone over that in four of his last five fully healthy games, averaging about 60 yards on the ground in that five-game span as well. Not really a rushing yards prop, which is not even listed for Kirk Cousins tonight. So, so many props available for you on this Monday, just in the National Football League alone. But if we wanted to go outside of that, Tom Vecchio, where are we looking on the hardwood this evening? 
We can go to Mike Conley, over 22.5 points, rebounds, assists combined, sitting at minus 113. We see the Jazz as 11, 11.5 point home favorites tonight, hosting the Charlotte Hornets. This game is a massive 237 point over-under. It opened up at 234 last night. It's uh, come up a few points. Charlotte is third in the league in pace. Utah is 18th in the league in offensive pace. So pace-up spot is always good. Mike Conley has been super consistent since the start of December, 45% from the field. 50% from downtown, again, going up against the Hornets. They're allowing the second most made three-pointers. So if this game is going to have a massive over-under, there's just going to be so many possessions back and forth, and Conley can easily get there. Some of these recent games going for 18 to 20-plus real points, adding in the six assists as he normally does on a nightly basis, should get the over 22.5 very, very easily. The Hornets, the most overs in the NBA this year. 20 times hitting the over, the highest over percentage as well at 64.5%. Tom, the over-under total against the Suns last night was 231 and a hook, and it went way over last night in Phoenix. So we have so much football here, Tom Vecchio, over the next couple of weeks. We have two games tonight, two games tomorrow on a Tuesday, one day off in the NFL, and then Thursday night begins week number 16, and then we have some Saturday games as well. Do you think with how much football, we have in such a short amount of time that the prop market will have edges that rather favor the betters or the sports book being able to try to keep up with the pace that we have. Uh, well, I'm never going to go against the sports book for knowing what they're doing. I think that since we have a lot of lead up and, you know, there are no props posted for the Browns. And we know that we've been waiting on the Browns, you know, their health injury information to be uh, you know, available. So I think that we're going to be a spot where if a player is in, what should the line look like? And then if they're out, who are we going to in that situation? I will say along the same note, some of the NBA lines with all these players being ruled out, G League call-ups, uh, you know, emergency signings, whatever it is, some of the lines in the NBA for uh, the product market are very, very soft for the starting players that are fully re ready to go. When some of their teammates have been ruled out, those lines have been very soft as of late. So for tomorrow, for instance, the two NFL games that we have, Washington against Philadelphia and then the Rams and the Seahawks, when will you start to dive in to those props? I don't believe they're listed yet. So what does the timeline look like for Tom Vecchio's handicap for those two games that we don't often have on a Tuesday? So looking to splits, you know, for a player potentially like Van Jefferson, if Cooper Cup isn't going to be activated, you know, what what is on-off splits look like without Cooper Cup? Uh, where do we see the target volume going for the Rams offense? Uh, those types of things, not just for the Rams specifically, but for all teams. Where do the passing attempts, where do the rushing attempts go when certain players are activated or not activated? Because that should give us a pretty clear indication of what we should be seeing from the offenses. Hopefully the coaches do you know normal, uh, very consistent things. They're not doing some random things later in the season. So Van Jefferson seeing a lot of targets would be something I'd be expecting. DK Metcalf probably seeing a lot of targets if Tyler Lockett isn't activated. Pretty simple things relying on uh, hopefully rational coaching uh, from some of these teams. So, Tom, you mentioned when the injury report, the finalized one, comes out about an hour, hour and a half prior to kickoff tonight for both of the Monday night games, what are you following to know the latest of the injury report? Is it just the big NFL reporters? Is there a certain area you look? Give us the breakdown of how Tom Vecchio begins to look at those reports as it pertains to the prop market. Yeah, it would be the official reports from the teams if we get an update from Schefter saying like, oh, this player is activated, but they're actually not 100%. He's going to be on type of, some type of like snap count or something along those lines. That's where I would look to. And then looking to like a backup, like if by chance Nick Chubb was on a snap count tonight, I'd be looking to uh, Dearness Johnson prop. 
something along those lines, like following this, following up those reports with the secondary options. I like that because even if the main guy who you might have already handicapped for a certain reason and you like that market, you could look to the backup or the second string option to still find some profitability in the prop market. Because if a running back is going to play or if a wide receiver is out there, the FanDuel Sportsbook will probably have an updated line for you, at least as we close in on kickoff. Two games tonight. Monday Night Football, we have the Raiders and the Browns, the Vikings and the Bears. Tom likes Kirk Cousins over passing attempts for the nightcap. And in that opening game, like me, plus money to Hunter Renfro over six and a half receptions. Tom Becchio from FanDuel, as always, thank you for your prop perspective. Thank you. And Alex Tuck for the Buffalo Sabres to score a goal tonight. First, a game with his debut. He's from Syracuse, playing for his hometown team, 225. Let's go. Syracuse, we love Central and Western New York. Tom, as always, thank you so much. More the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Continue our discussion around the NFL and football on this Monday. Two games in the National Football League tonight and a bowl game down in Myrtle Beach. A lot of football on this Monday right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. So when we have games that we don't expect to have on a Monday, your head might be spinning a little bit. Well, let us give you advice. From the man we know as the Sportsbook Conciliary, it is Dave Sherapan joining us once again on this Monday morning. And although it is Monday morning out in Las Vegas, it is nighttime in Pittsburgh and the stars are shining a little bit brighter at night right now. As you can see, Dave repping the Pittsburgh Steelers gear, a huge Steelers fan, a huge Steelers win Dave Sherapan yesterday at home against the Tennessee Titans. How are you feeling on this Monday? Good morning. Ben, uh, I'm feeling good. It's 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 you know fighting through some stuff. There's a lot of wind and it's cold out in Vegas, but not really too bad in Pittsburgh. Um, ah, are you are, are you kidding me? I got this one yesterday uh, from a guy named Jeff Fogel. The Steelers hmm. won the game 19 to 13. The only other thing they won was the turnover battle, four to zero. The Titans won the yardage 318 to 168. They had more yards per play, 4.1 to 3.7. They outrushed the Steelers 201 to 35. 201 to 35. And the Steelers won the game. You tell me who knows Squadoosh. The numbers, you Nobody. look at the box score, they should have won by 20 points. Football, man. What? NFL. Tough. What? When you, when you have T.J. Watt, who's now the second-best odds to win the NFL Defensive Player of the Year on the FanDuel Sportsbook at plus 300, and when mm. you have that Steelers defense turning the ball over five times and forcing four – or four turnovers, rather, from the Tennessee Titans, you win football games. And the Steelers, Dave, <laughs> stay alive. Seven, six, and one this year. Still plus 450 to make the AFC playoff picture. What do you make of your Steelers here now down the stretch, just three games remaining in this NFL regular season? I think they're going to be left dancing without a chair. I, I, I just don't think there's going to be a spot. I really don't. I, 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 and I want, I would love them to make the playoffs. And, you know, a lot of people listen to the show and they're like, 
you're abandoning your roots. I'm like, no, nah, I've been in a book too long. Like, you, you, you just know. Sometimes the odds tell you uh, plus 450 to make the playoffs, probably not high enough. Considering what else has to happen now, they win out. Okay, they're 10-6-1. That'll get them in the playoffs, I think. That tie right. will be the one thing they'll, they'll, that'll get them in. They got Kansas City this weekend, KCC. Huge dog. Yeah. Probably not going to win. Yeah. Then they got Baltimore and Cleveland. Baltimore? I have no idea what they're doing. It feels like they're trying to win games, but then they don't because they go for two at the end of every game. Um, oh. the, the, the Browns play today. The Browns don't have anybody playing. They got Nick Mullins playing quarterback today. Are they going to win? Oh, wait a second. Cincinnati did go to Denver and win. The AFC North is confusing in its own self, let alone yes. what else we got going on in you know the AFC with the playoffs. And, and, and oh, yeah, that Colts team. They're coming. They can't be stopped. Yeah. Um, what about Miami's just won six in a row? Whoa. I, you tell me, Ben. I mean, I don't think the Steelers have a, have a shot just because of too many other teams got easier yeah. games or a better road to get to that last spot in the playoffs. You might look at Pittsburgh right now and see seven, six, and one overall this year and think plus 450 to make the postseason. That seems like rather long odds for a team that's above 500 and in the hunch, certainly at this point of the NFL regular season. But there's four teams right now, could be five if the Browns win today at eight and six. And when you look at the Baltimore (laughs) Ravens, who are no longer the top spot in the AFC North, in fact, even Baltimore is on the outside looking in at the AFC playoff picture. If we take the snapshot of this moment and see that Baltimore would be not in the postseason right now. Cincinnati, now the favorites to win the AFC North, having that top spot at the moment at plus 160. So you're right, Dave. The AFC North, almost a microcosm of how the rest of the AFC wildcard race looks at the moment. So yes, Pittsburgh, who is now a 10-point underdog on the road inside Arrowhead this upcoming Sunday, a very difficult path for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Dave, how are your friends in the book doing on this Monday morning? Are they happy? Are they celebrating? Seeing as underdogs on a Sunday slate were very profitable. Six and four ATS. Four of those six dogs winning outright. How do you think the books feel on this Monday? Books did okay. Um, some of the big decisions, you know, they did not win. So, you know, after the week before, they're doing okay. You know, leading into right. Christmas week, the last week was one of those weeks where they're like, man, this is going to be rough. Like, you know, if all the favorites keep covering, we can't make the lines high enough. Nobody will bet the dogs and, and, and the dogs won't cover and we're in trouble. This week, when the dogs win outright, it's usually pretty good. I mean, there wasn't a money line parlay that cashed yesterday because everybody just, uh, quote unquote, throws Arizona in it just because. You know, they're a huge favorite on the road. and It'll add a little bit to the payout, and then it doesn't. And then you're left wondering, why did I do that? Be very cautious putting those big, chunky favorites, especially on the road, um, in those parlays. So, yeah, that was one that – that was one that I call it the uh, the double zero on the roulette wheel. When it hits, Hmm. and a croupier just goes – Click, 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 click. It just sweeps all the chips because nobody had it. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, you look at the Cardinals, a 12-and-a-half-point road favorite yesterday. 
They lose outright by 18 points to the Detroit Lions. And the Cardinals were a perfect 7-0, both straight up and ATS on the road, entering yesterday's game against the Detroit Lions. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were a perfect 6-0 straight up at home this year, 5-1 ATS at home this year. (laughs) Also 5-1 in six games, entering yesterday as a double-digit favorite. And they get shut out by the New Orleans Saints. The first time Tom Brady has been shut out in 15 seasons. So, Dave... Are you concerned at all by what you saw from Tampa Bay yesterday now heading in the home stretch of this NFL regular season? Well, I think we can maybe put on hold that Tampa's going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing that tells you. second thing that tells you is that between Sean Payton not being on the sideline and Urban Meyer not being on the sideline, there's probably some pretty good assistant coaches Um and stuff in the NFL. Like, that's the other thing I took away. Um, Tampa needed to get kind of shown, I think, that this could happen. I think you remember last year a very similar type path. I don't know if it was week 12 or 13, but they lost and then they didn't lose again. This is the right. type of motivation and, and, and you know, wake-up call that, that, that helps teams going to the playoffs, and Tampa's going to the playoffs. Every once in a while, you put up a stinker. It's just if you put it up in week 14 or week 15 at home. But New Orleans has their number. Like, that yep. number was inflated. That point spread was inflated to begin with. And then pile on everything that, you know, the Saints don't have a quarterback. Now they don't have a head coach this week and everything else. Them getting shut out at home. I mean, the odds on no touchdown being scored in that game was 100-1. to 1, And it yep. cashed. <laughs> so betting no touchdown to be scored, you put it up every week, and people bet it every week, but nobody cashes it. There's always a touchdown score until there isn't, and then you're like, hey, I had it. So, um, yeah, crazy, crazy uh, finish to, uh, you know, 10-game NFL slate that just leaves you coming back for more. And you would think the Buccaneers, as the top-scoring offense entering the week, averaging 31.5 points per game, would at least score once with Tom Brady, right? <laughs> well, no. Wrong, and Dave's right. The Bucs now don't have the clearest path to the NFC Conference Championship once again. They are no longer the favorites to win the NFC on the FanDuel Sportsbook. That belongs to the Green Bay Packers. And then when you look at the Super Bowl odds, you see the Chiefs. The Packers and the Bucks all at plus 500. The Packers are the favorites in the NFC at plus 240. The Bucks at plus 280. The Rams play tomorrow. David, we have two games on this Monday night. Let's begin with the game that was rescheduled to this time as you look at the Browns and the Raiders. Now Cleveland, a three-point favorite. It will be Nick Mullins starting under center. The over-under total, 41 and a half. How do you even begin to approach this game between the Raiders and the Browns? Well, I mean, I know you guys have been doing the show. This line has flipped, you know, because Baker and Case Keenum have been ruled out officially, I guess. So we got Nick Mullins and we got Las Vegas Raiders minus two and a half pretty much across the market. So Mm. how do you go after this? You go after it in two different ways, right? You, you, uh, You bet Cleveland in hopes that you get maximum effort from every other guy that can play. And you get an effort like you did with Baltimore yesterday. Um, you get an effort like you do with the Saints yesterday. That's the side I like. I mean, I give me that team. Don't give me the team that feels like they got 
short the short end of the stick in the Raiders, the team that's been sitting on the road for three days in Cleveland, going, man, I mean, we live in Vegas. We're in Cleveland in December. Like, and you guys moved the game on us. I don't know. Um, I didn't like what I saw in the last couple of weeks from the Raiders. So, and again, not in the locker room. I don't know what's going on. I'm just watching the lines move and taking the bets in the book and watching people bet it all the time. I like the Browns, and I like the game. Too. I mean, it's low. It's down to, what is that, 41 and a half, down to like 41 yeah. in some other places. It feels like a running game, you know, where Cleveland's just going to hand it off and play. it's going to look like 1950s football. Cleveland wins a low-scoring game. Cleveland and under for me. I would agree with that. I think we see some market overreaction at times, like the Ravens becoming a nine-and-a-half-point underdog yesterday at home against Oof. the Packers, and the Ravens easily covering that number and could have won it outright. So, yes, Dave is right. The line has flipped for the third time in this matchup between the Raiders and the Browns. Cleveland opened as a six-and-a-half-point favorite with some of the early COVID concerns. The Raiders became a one-and-a-half-point, two-point favorite, then back to Cleveland minus three, now currently on FanDuel. Las Vegas favored by two and a half. The second Monday night football game, the originally scheduled Monday night football game, but with a lot of movement as well. Minnesota opened as a three and a half point road favorite against Chicago. Now six and a half in favor of the Vikes. Dave, do you think the favorite can cover on the road against the Bears? No, feels like too many points again to me. And again, you can't get the book guy out of me. Uh, I've been in there too long and, and, and the dog... Dog has a shot to win this game outright being in Chicago. So I, I, I would I would side with the Bears plus the points. The total's perfect. 44-45 is the right number. There's no real edge there. So 44 and a half, 45. It's it's right where it needs to be. Um I <laughs> the Chicago have one left in them. They played great in that first half against Green Bay. And then Green Bay realized that they were at home against the Bears and covered after being down at halftime. I mean, this could this could turn that way again, but I think that the Bears score enough to keep it close. We never want the book guy to come out of you. That's why we provide <laughs> that expertise and that advice here, our sportsbook conciliary, Dave Sherapan. Thank you, as always, for joining us on this Monday. Breaking down not one, but two Monday night games. You're the best. You get you two. Uh, happy holidays to you and the boys. If I don't talk to you the rest of this week and all the listeners, enjoy this rest of this week. It's going to be like one we had never had before. A lot of football. Thank you, Dave, and same to you. We'll round out the show next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We close out this Monday edition of the Morning After on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159 all across the Sports Grid Network. And I'm Ben Stevens. And we close out this Monday edition focusing on the two NFL games that we have on this Monday night. Don't forget the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Also in the afternoon, a 2.30 p.m. Eastern time kick. Look at the beach. Look at the waves. Watch some afternoon football. But two games on this Monday night. So before we close this out, we have to give you our best bet of the day. So before we say farewell, 
before we say goodbye, it is time for Bye Bye Bye. Now, this is a study in line movement and how the juice can affect the prop market. Earlier on in this show, about 40 minutes ago, Tom Becchio from FanDuel came on and said that his favorite prop for the Raiders and the Browns was Hunter Renfro over total receptions at six and a half. It used to be plus money to the over at plus 124. Now, live on FanDuel, as we are currently living and breathing and speaking, it is minus one. 56. So it was plus 124 about half an hour ago. Now it's minus 156. The reason why? Hunter Renfro has had at least seven grabs in six of the last seven games for the Raiders. He has gone over 100 yards in three straight games. And over this six-game span where he, where he has had at least seven total receptions, he is averaging eight and a half. He's coming off a game where he had 13 grabs on 14 targets for 117 yards against the Chiefs. So if the minus 156 of juice is too steep a price, which I believe it is, Hunter Renfro over 76 and a half receiving yards is another way to play Hunter Renfro on that connection between Derek Carr. He has gone over 100 yards in three straight games. Derek Carr passing attempts, 34 and a half for a guy that's averaging 38 Passing attempts per game, another way to look at the prop market for the Las Vegas Raiders against the Cleveland Browns. The Raiders, the healthier side, entering tonight. The morning after, each and every weekday, right here on SportsGrid. We begin at 9 a.m. and we bring you up to noon Eastern each and every weekday. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk tomorrow. one of us we've just got one question do you like we do do you like winning what a coincidence so do we